Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Uh, another week is gone from the NFL. We are officially now past the quarter point of the season. I think past the quarter point would have been before week five anyways, but either way, we are on to week six. It is crazy how fast things are going by NFL landscape-wise. It's always sad. The NFL comes so quickly and leaves us so soon, but we have so much more football left in the season. Uh, and I'm trying to, I'm kind of getting the feel of where teams should be. I think we kind of know who the bottom feeders of the NFL are going to be this year. I think we know who the top contending teams are. And in the middle of all that, there are still a bunch of teams playing at least good football on one side of the uh, one side of the field. Uh, but yeah, for this episode, just me this week, I uh, was supposed to have Cam on after that dominating Niners win, over, Niners win over the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. He is unfortunately sick. Uh, he says he will come on for the Thursday preview show, so we'll catch up on everything Niners and we will get to that game. That'll literally be the last game that we talk about. Um, but yeah, this episode... There's not even that really uh, that much of an NFL weekly update for me to give you guys. Uh, I mean, Chandler Jones is still tweeting and saying insane shit. Uh, tried to talk to Buddha Baker today and being like, oh, someone's got to check on check in on my man Buddha. I don't know where he is, blah, blah, blah. And Buddha Baker DM'd him to be like, yo, please delete my number. Like, cut this shit out. Uh Chandler Jones, get some help. I think that's going to kind of just be a weekly thing with this podcast, just being like, Chandler Jones, please get some help, some medical help, medical treatment, whatever. Got to get your mind right. Uh, Yeah, I guess... uh, No, I won't get into that because I have one more note that I could talk about, but let's get into the game. Let's get into the Week 5 recap. Starting with the game that we watched most recently, that Monday night football game, Packers at Raiders, uh, Raiders 17, Packers 13, just what a smelly game. I don't know how else to say it. These are two teams that are not competing for anything this year. I think that's very clear, Uh, but let's start off with the... Raiders, there's really there's really not much to talk about. Uh, Jacoby Myers has been really good for them since uh, signing his deal here. Uh, out-caught and out-yarded. I mean, that's not the right term, but uh, he had more catches and yards than Devontae Adams this week. I think he's done that now twice so far in the season. So the Raiders love Jacoby. They love Devontae. They got two good guys there. Uh I can tell you one thing, the Patriots are desperately missing someone like Jacoby Myers. Uh, Someone like, I mean, they paid Juju the same amount as the Raiders paid Jacoby Myers. That's kind of biting them on the ass, and we'll talk about the Patriots, because woof, that is... We'll talk about it. Uh, More about the Raiders, though. Uh, Mike McDaniel, or not Mike McDaniel, sorry. Josh McDaniels... uh, 
almost blew it again with uh, the play calling at the end of the uh, game. I think they were fourth and inches, fourth and one, uh, and decided instead of going for the first down to ice the game, they decided to kick a field goal, which would put them up seven. Fine, trust your defense. And then Daniel Carlson proceeded to miss the kick, and luckily enough, the Packers' offense stunk so much that this, again, not very good Raiders' defense was able to stop them. Uh, One shout-out for the Raiders' defense, though. Max Crosby has solidified himself in mine and I think many people's eyes as the fifth-best edge rusher in the NFL. Uh, I think if you were to kind of talk about the top four, it's guys like TJ Watt, uh, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, and then I think at five you do have Max Crosby. Uh, Micah Parsons kind of pissing me off a little bit, though, but uh, again, we will talk about them, that game when we talk about that game. Uh, yeah, and Daniel Carlson missing two kicks on the day blew my Carlson brothers over field goal parlay. Uh, his younger brother, I think Anders Carlson, is the... Uh, rookie kicker for the Packers. Uh, He made his kicks. Just needed Daniel Carlson to do it, and Daniel Carlson usually does it. Uh, Did not do it in this game, though. Uh, Let's talk about the Packers before we go back to the, I guess all the way back to Thursday night, if we're being honest. Uh, The Packers offense just straight up stunk. I don't think that there's any other way to say it. Jordan Love was bad by... All means, he was 16 of 30, 182 yards, three interceptions. Uh, Jordan Love passing uh, passing over five yards. He was three for 11 on the night with three interceptions. Just not good. He looks inconsistent. He doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. Uh, he used his legs a couple times, and he looks fairly mobile. Maybe that's something he should look to do more often, but... Uh, was a very, very bad game for Jordan Love. I think that... I think I can safely say that the or the Packers are not going in this circle anymore where they're going to jump from Hall of Fame QB to Hall of Fame QB to Hall of Fame QB. I think Jordan Love is where that cycle ends. Uh, yeah, let's talk more about the Packers as a whole. Uh, Jair Alexander comes out, says after the game, uh, it's pretty obvious that our defense can't let up any touchdowns if we want to win games. Um, where was that last week, Jair, when the Packers gave up, oh, how much did they give up to the Lions last week? When they gave up 34 to the Lions last week. Um, I wouldn't be pointing fingers if I was him. Yeah, did the defense show up last night? Of course, but you guys also need to be better. This is a very young Packers offense. I mean, Jordan Love, although he's in his fourth year, it's really his first year starting, and I think he's still 24. Uh, Christian Watson in his second year, Romeo Dobbs in his second year, Jaden Reed is a rookie, Luke Musgrave is a rookie. Uh, They have, this is a good young core. It's a good young core, and hopefully they develop together, maybe someone else other than Jordan Love, but the playmakers anyways are good. Um, And I think they do have a good core to build around. Now, whether or not Jordan Love will be the guy for the future... Um, I have my doubts, but we can talk about more, more future and more QB talk later. Uh, I think towards the mid season last, uh, last year during the season, uh, I did kind of like mid season 
preview and redoing some stuff. I think I'll do the same thing. I think I'll do like quarterback tiers and maybe team tiers as well. And we'll find it out from there. Either way, uh, I guess let's go all the way back to Thursday night football. Uh, Bears 40, Commanders 20. Holy shit, was I wrong about uh, my Thursday night football blind recap. That's kind of the first one that I've like completely got wrong. Uh, the Bears offense looked fantastic. And uh, the news before the game was Bears Hall of Famer, Bears legendary linebacker Dick Butkus has passed away at 80 years old. So... They were playing for him. They had, this was the Dick Buckus legacy game, uh, playing well for him. And goddamn, the offense was absolutely humming. Justin Fields, back-to-back weeks of having uh, four touchdowns. Uh, After this game, he was leading the league in touchdowns. Obviously, he's not anymore, but still impressive nonetheless to catch up after what we saw through the first... uh, three weeks of the season, I guess. Uh, Fields on the day was 15 for 29 for 282 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Also added 57 yards rushing. DJ Moore was the, I mean, the player of the day. Eight catches, 230 yards, three touchdowns. He also had one where we never saw the actual angle until the all-22 footage came out, and he did step out of bounds, but... Everyone was kind of freaking out because they showed no replay on TV of him stepping out. And people were like, did he step out? He did step out. Um, But yeah, this Bears offense has been absolutely humming the last... uh, What the fuck am I sitting on? Ah, sorry. Yeah, the Bears offense has been absolutely humming these last two, two weeks. And I don't know why they should stop. They play the Vikings defense... Uh, next Vikings defense has not looked great if, uh, if we're being honest. So yeah, let's, let's see what the bears can do. I don't think that they're not going to be one of the bottom of the barrel teams. I can say that. Are they going to be a good team? No, I still think that they probably finish in the top 10, uh, top 10 picks that would be, but, uh, yeah, I guess last note for the bears, uh, the running back Khalil Herbert has a high ankle sprain, so he will be missing maybe the next month of the season. They haven't put him on like the short-term IR yet. Uh, that seems like something that they might be doing. Roshan Johnson, the rookie running back, also has a concussion right now, I believe. So uh, it might be Deonta Foreman and uh, uh, who was the guy that they just signed off the uh, the Dolphins practice squad there. He was a rookie on the Titans. Darrington Evans? That might be who it is. So it might be Deonta Foreman and Darrington Evans in the backfield for the Bears next week. Um, That wouldn't be great. That wouldn't be great, but uh, is what it is. Uh, Let's talk about this Commanders team. I mean, after I think they started the game with like six straight runs to Brian Robinson for really no gain. I think Sam Howell had one pass in that. Stretch and then uh, the commanders then just dropped back 55 times to pass the ball. Uh, absolute insanity, really. I don't think I've ever seen an offense just be like, okay, the run game isn't working, the first two drives didn't work, uh, we're gonna pass the ball for the rest of the game. And dropped back 55 straight times and 
Terry McLaurin, five targets. Jahan Dotson, five targets. Uh, I mean, obviously, the guys were probably tired out there because they had guys like Jamison Crowder and Byron Pringle and uh, getting massive targets. I think Logan Thomas was actually the number one receiver on the game. He was nine catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Also had a fumble. But, uh, yeah, weird, weird game for the... uh, Weird game for the Commanders. They The defense was basically sleeping in the first half. They woke up in the second half there. Uh, the Commanders did outscore uh, the Bears in the second half, but, I mean, didn't, didn't matter whatsoever. Uh, I'm going to keep talking about Chase Young. Chase Young was an absolute menace in this game. Does not show up on the box score because he only had uh, one tackle and half a sack, but... Uh, Let's see if I can find really quickly how many pressures he had the game. Because he got in... Uh, he got in Justin Fields' uh, face multiple times. I had Chase Young to get a sack in this game, and he did not. I mean, the half sack still kind of works, but... Uh, yeah, Chase Young on the season right now. 27 pressures, which is best for third in the league. A 22.8 uh, win pass rush win rate. He's he's been very good. I'm I'm happy that he is back and he is back thriving. And I think that's kind of the last note that I have for the Commanders. 55 dropbacks, 55 straight dropbacks. Absolutely in strain. Let's get to the Sunday slate now. It's the Jags at the Bills and not at the Bills because it was in London. Jags 25, Bills 20. It is official. Josh Allen is now 2-0 against Josh Allen. Uh, This was another very sloppy, sloppy football game. Uh, The Jags won, but they tried to blow this game in so many different ways. This game shouldn't have been close. The Bills should have got blown out by the Jags, but the Jags kept making mistakes. Trevor Lawrence had two red zone fumbles. Uh... Other than that, he did play very well on the day. But two red zone zone fumbles, couldn't capitalize when it mattered. Uh, and then Josh Allen almost kind of got a backdoor cover there. Um, yeah, it, honestly, it just was not a good, a good football game. This was a game where I picked the Jags plus five and a half going into it. Just banking on that the Bills are good to be tired. Uh... And I was banking on, oh, the Bills, you know, they're going to fly over Wednesday or Thursday. No, they flew over Friday morning. Don't know why. And then decided, oh, we're going to, like, stay up, stay up, stay up, get tired. Uh, Didn't work. Completely backfired on them because they looked sleepy. They didn't look like they really wanted to be there. Uh, And the Jags, who stayed in London uh, after their game against the Falcons, clearly, clearly looked like they had the advantage. Uh, shout out to Travis Etienne, though. I was watching that game. Uh, I said he stunk, and then towards the end of the game, he ripped off some big runs to really seal it uh, for the Jags there. Travis Etienne, great outside-the-tackle runner, great receiver out of the backfield. Running up the middle, not great. Did he rip off a couple runs? When I say a couple, I literally think mean. I literally think I mean two. 
But yeah, he had 26 carries for 136 yards, two TDs on the ground, also had four catches for 48. Uh, He came out after the game, said that he played against himself in fantasy, so pretty sure that he lost his matchup. Uh, Calvin Ridley was seven, seven catches for 122 yards. He absolutely roasted this Bills secondary, mainly uh, former first-round pick Kair Elam, who was filling in after, I mean, multiple injuries to the Bills defense happened in this game, and we'll talk about that. But, uh, yeah, just seemed every time he would run, like, a comeback route or something, and Elam would have, like, be, like, five yards behind him. Ridley was open all day, happy to see them getting that connection going. Uh Jags offense. Let's let's continue. Let's get this consistency going. I want I want you to be one of these really good teams. The AFC, we've started off slow, but let's come on. Let's start building our track record again. Uh The Bills on the other side, I just I mean you, you didn't show up. I think it's very simple. Uh you showed up at the end kind of Gabe Davis might have had six catches for 100 yards and one TD. Uh, dropped multiple balls, though, in the first three quarters. Had a couple big explosive plays in the fourth. Again, when it didn't matter. Uh, they did not run the ball effectively whatsoever. I mean, James Cook on the day. Five carries for negative four yards. Woof. Uh Yeah, and I mean, Josh Allen tried to do his thing. I mean, one interception on the day, but it was a glorious arm punt. No one does an arm punt better than Josh Allen. And I mean, the big news out of this game for the Bills, Matt Milano seems like he will be out for the season. I think he broke his leg. There might be some structural damage in the knee as well. Uh, So he is out indefinitely anyways right now. And same with their uh, defensive tackle, Daquan Jones, who has had a very, very good start to the year. He is out uh, for the foreseeable future as well, I think with a torn pec. So uh, we'll see. Again, I still think the Bills are a very good team, but now with these injuries, with, I mean, losing a guy like Trey White as well, it starts to be tough. It starts to get tough. Uh, People did step up. AJ Epinesa had a very good game. Ed Oliver continues to do his thing. Uh, they got Von Miller back. Von Miller was on a snap count, so he did not play very much. But uh, this is not this is not indica- indicative. I that holy that's not the right word, but uh, this is not what this Bills team is. I think they were sloppy. I think that if they play this game another nine times to make it ten times, the Bills probably win this game seven out of ten times. Uh, just had an off day, and the Jags also played very poorly, tried to give the game away, didn't, Uh, but let's move on to the 1 o'clock slate now, Giants 16, Dolphins 31, Uh, I'm just going to start this off by reading some stats, Uh, the Miami Dolphins offense through five weeks, number one in yards per game, number one in first downs per game, number one in EPA per play, number one in success rate, number one in passing yards per attempt, number one in passing yards, number one in passing TDs, number one in passing success rate, number one in rushing EPA, number one in rushing success rate, number one in rushing yards, number one in yards per carry, and number one in rushing TDs. Pretty safe to say that the Dolphins have the best offense in the NFL right now. Uh, 
And if that weren't enough, through the first five weeks of the season, uh, the Dolphins have passed the, I think it was the 2000s, the greatest show on turf with, you know, Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt and uh, Isaac Bruce. So we have now passed them with more yards through the first five weeks of the season. Obviously, first five weeks of the season. Let's keep it going. Let's keep rolling. Uh, And one more stat on the day. Uh, Through the first five weeks, the Dolphins have the seven fastest recorded player times uh, in the NFL. So at number one, we got Tyreek. At number two, we got Devon Achan. At number three, we got Devon Achan. At number four, Tyreek Hill. Number five, Raheem Mostert. Number six, Tyreek Hill. And number seven, Devon Achan. Not even including Jalen Waddle, who has obviously missed some time and had a slow start to the season. Uh, you can't stop this offense right now. It is very, very hard. People will go, oh, what about the Bills game? The offense didn't get stopped. We... Like, we shot ourselves in the foot more than the Bills really stopped us. Our defense could also do fuck all. So, again, that's in the past now. And that's the thing. We scored 31 points in this game. We absolutely torched uh, We absolutely torched the Giants. And we left points on the board. I don't think that there's any other way to say that. I mean, Tua had a red zone pick six. Uh which could have been at least three more points for us. Uh, He had another interception too, where, I mean, that was basically... It looked like, on video anyways, that in his follow-through, he hit Connor Williams on the top of the head, and the ball kind of went a little high. Uh, Jalen Waddle also just wasn't looking whatsoever, so even if that was completely accurate, I mean, if it was completely accurate, it would have hit him right in the head, but uh, that's beside the point, but... Like, even when our offense, oh, we're having, like, an off day. We put up 31 points to a completed 70% of his passes for 300 yards. He still had two interceptions on the day. Uh, Devon HN right now is probably the offensive rookie of the year. Now it looks like he is going to be shut down for the next few weeks anyways. I think there is discussions of putting him on the short-term IR, so that would limit him for at least four weeks. But uh, on the season right now, he is averaging, what's he averaging? He's averaging 12.1 yards per carry. He's had 38 attempts. I think he's now second in the league in rushing. Uh, But he has been an absolute superstar, unfortunately. We're not going to have him, but hopefully that means come November we get HAM back, we get Armstead back, and we get Ramsey back, and we are going to be a well-oiled machine, ready to roll. Uh, Tyreek continues to do his thing on offense. Uh, he had two very long gains. He had eight catches for 181 yards and one touchdown. Uh, yeah, and I can talk about this offense all day. The offense is spectacular. I don't care. The Dolphins are winning football games. Um... (coughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, the Dolphins are winning football games. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Doesn't matter how you win, as long as you win. And we're we're winning. We're four and one. Also, big shout out to Andrew Van Ginkle on this defense for this season. Right now, he has been our best pass rusher. Ah, uh, that man has been a force. He had another sack on the day. I think it was. I think he was the guy who actually hurt Daniel Jones and. 
Uh, we'll get into the Giants very quickly, but just big shout out to Andrew Van Ginkle. I'm excited for when Jalen Phillips comes back. Uh, the term that I'm seeing is a NASCAR offense, which or NASCAR defense, which I think would mean, I mean, having Van Ginkle and Phillips on the edge and then Chubb and Ogba in the middle would be interesting. Uh, I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. Uh, Let's talk about these Giants, though. Um, I'm sure that Saquon Barkley is sitting there on the bench and seeing Jonathan Taylor get his contract and I'm sure that he is thrilled. I'm sure that he realizes that. And I'm sure that the Giants realize that, you know, Saquon was actually the real reason why the offense was so good last year. Wasn't Daniel Jones. Uh, did Daniel Jones help? Of course. Can Daniel Jones lead an offense without uh, Saquon and a run game? Doesn't really look like it right now. And. It's tough to blame Daniel Jones completely in this game. I mean, his offensive line, I think, is the worst offensive line in football by a wide margin right now. He's getting killed in the pocket. He's not a good pocket passer anyways. Hasn't been able to make the plays with his legs like he normally does. Uh, The Giants, though, they did score their uh, first touchdown in the first half of the game for this season. Although it was that defensive pick six by, I think, safety Jason Pinnock. Uh, so the Giants still haven't scored a touchdown in the first half of a game so far. That's fun. Um, yeah, Daniel Jones on the day, 14 for 20 for 119 yards. Uh, no no interceptions, so that's a good thing. Uh, Tyrod Taylor then had to come in. I think he got hurt a little bit anyways. Uh, the run game's abysmal. Just everything about it is just not not good. This is one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. Their defense is also not playing very well. Their defense was a huge reason why this was a successful team last year. They've taken a ton of steps back. Uh, I don't really know where you go if you're the Giants, like if we're really being honest. I mean, you lose out. I think you're kind of stuck with Daniel Jones and his contract for one more year, but they might be in a position to draft someone like Drake May. I guess we will see. Uh and uh, the last note I have for the Giants here, which uh, is brutal. Owner John Mara uh, has threatened to revoke any media credentials uh, if they are negative towards Daniel Jones. Listen, does Daniel Jones deserve all the criticism? No. Does he deserve his fair share? Of course. Uh, a lot has gone wrong for the Giants, and I think it's absolutely hilarious that the owner feels like he need, has to protect his players from the New York media, which, honestly, maybe not such a bad thing. The New York media is absolutely relentless, uh, but for an owner to openly be like, I'm taking away your media passes if you're mean to my quarterback, uh, a little ridiculous. Obviously, John Mara rides for his guys, but... Maybe he shouldn't ride for Daniel Jones anymore. Maybe that's something that we should move on from and just kind of, these are the losses, it is what it is. Sorry, John, you're going to be paying this guy millions of dollars to not play football for us, but you might be a winning football team if you find another quarterback out there. Uh, Next game up, we got an absolute, another stinker of a game. I mean, at least a stinker from one side. Uh, Saints 34 
Patriots nothing. Uh, listen, I don't even know. Let's. I guess we'll start with the Saints. Uh, you beat a really bad football team. You killed a really bad football team. Uh, Derek Carr wasn't even that great on the day. 18 for 26 for only 183 yards. They didn't run the ball that efficiently. Uh, it's, again, it's the story of what happened last week in the Patriots-Cowboys game was the Pats' offense kept turning the ball over and this Saints defense capitalized on those turnovers and or forced those turnovers and then the offense capitalized in short field. Uh, yeah, uh, Tyron Matthew had a pick six, good for him. Mac Jones was only sacked one and a half times. Uh, it just... Yeah, I, I, there's really not much to say about the Saints. They did exactly what they should have against one of the worst rosters in football right now. And yes, the Patriots do have one of the worst rosters in football. And uh, let's talk about them. Uh, the Pats improved slightly uh, from last weekend instead of losing by 35, which was Bill Belichick's worst loss in his career. Uh, they lost by 34 instead. So steps in the positive direction. Uh, good job, Patriots. But we're getting to a point now where a lot of people online and in the media are putting all the blame on Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick, the coach. And, oh, it was always Brady. It was never Belichick. And Tom Brady carried Belichick. I think that's fair. I think it's also fair to say neither guy would have six rings without the other. I think that's a very fair statement to make. But my problem is not with Bill Belichick, the coach. Bill Belichick, the coach, is one of the greatest defensive masterminds in this league. And if it wasn't for all the injuries that this Patriots team has on defense, their defense would still be one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, My issue is with Bill Belichick, the GM, and just completely neglecting everything on offense since Tom Brady has left. Uh, None of it makes sense. I mean, they let guys like... uh, uh, I don't even know where to start with this, but uh, like Bill, the GM, hasn't drafted a good offensive skill position player or since like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, if we're really being honest. They're, I mean, going into the season, it was an offensive line that was paper thin already, and it has shown that they are paper thin. A skill group consisting of Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Juju Smith Jr., Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Pop Douglas. Hunter Henry is a very fine tight end. Uh, They paid Mike Gusecki for some reason, even though they couldn't use Jonu Smith, who, hey, he's still a pretty good player. Look what he's doing in Atlanta. It's not hard to scheme open athletic players. Maybe get Mike Gusecki more involved. Uh, But it's just, Bill the GM has constantly not done enough for the offense while always building up his defense. And I think he's been lucky. They, the Pats were lucky for so, such a, such a long time to have legendary offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia, who has now since retired and since he has left, that offensive line has deteriorated, which was once a giant strength for the Patriots' offense, this offensive line. And it didn't matter who got thrown in. The offensive line was all solid. Uh, 
it's now not, and it's now a major issue for this team. And they still got David Edwards, very good guard, uh, Michael Wenyu, or center, I should say, Michael Wenyu, very good guard, Trent Brown, very good tackle. They got three good starters, but the rest is just, it's all out of whack, and they're all, and because of that, the run game has been atrocious, and you know I've been saying it ever since Brady left. The Patriots win games by forcing turnovers on defense, controlling that clock, having a good run game, limiting turnovers, and when the O-line can't get the run game going, if the run game can't going, nothing works on the offense, and the defense isn't good right now anymore because of all of the injuries that they have on it. Uh, yeah, this is this is bad. It is very bad for the Patriots. I They will be picking top 10 at the end of this year. There is no conceivable way where this offense gets remotely better. I honestly think they have the worst offense in football. Because uh, they their offense, since Brady has left, their whole offense has been like, we're going to run the football and we're going to run it really well. They cannot run the football anymore, and that offense is just bad. Very bad. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's safe to say that the Patriots have the worst offense in football. The defense, I think the defense is still will be fine. But uh, again, I said it last week. Pats fans, start looking at those mock drafts. Start looking at guys who you want to see come into your team for next year because this year is a total wash. Uh, I can't even fault Mac Jones for everything. I don't think that all of this is Mac Jones' fault. Again, I think Mac Jones is an NFL quarterback. He is a game manager. But, I mean, if you put Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins in this bad of an offensive situation, I don't think they're doing too uh, too hot either. Uh, so, is Mac Jones blameless? No, he's been absolutely terrible. Uh, but this, this, is, this is a very bad offensive situation, I mean. Now Patriots fans understand what a bad offensive situation truly is. I mean, because when I got told, oh no, Tua absolutely stinks when he had nothing to work with. Now you see what Mac Jones looks like with that. Tua looks a million times better when he was throwing to Parker and Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson with Patrick Laird running the football. Uh, Yeah. So, I think we can move on. Patriots, we'll see you in 2024. Uh, next game up. Got the Ravens 10, Steelers 17. Uh, let's t- talk about the Steelers, I guess, because somehow the Steelers won this game. And it is all in thanks to their defense again. And Defensive Player of the Year front runner right now, TJ Watt, absolutely doing his thing, uh, wreaking havoc at the end of the game to get the ball back. Uh, for the Steelers, so Kenny Pickett could throw an absolute rope to George Pickens for the win. Um, And that's kind of what all you really have to say about the Steelers, because Kenny Pickett did not show up for the first three and a half quarters. Uh, Again, he's still not a very good quarterback, but it is what it is right now. Uh, Steelers defense, I mean, it's TJ Watt. TJ Watt is the best defensive player in the in in the. best defensive player in the league right now. I think I can very safely say that. There's a lot of very good defensive guys, but TJ Watt, he is a game wrecker. He is a game wrecker. He is the reason why this Steelers team is currently leading the division somehow. Uh, 
but yeah, on that game-winning touchdown pass, though, uh, there is o- there's obviously a feed to the coaches in the booth there, and one of those coaches being Matt Canada. Uh, so that play happens, and all the other coaches in the background are cheering that, hey, they just scored a touchdown and are now winning the game. This is great. Matt Canada sat there, silence, no emotions, no anything. And it's because Kenny Pickett audibled out of his play to that play for George Pickens. Uh, Matt Canada doesn't deserve a job. I think that he is holding the Steelers team back greatly. And it would be nice if, I mean, I give Kenny Pickett so much shit, but it would be nice if we gave him a proper NFL play caller instead of Matt Canada, just to see what he actually is. I still don't think he's very good, but he'd be better anyways than what Canada has been given him so far. Uh, Let's talk about this Ravens team, though. The Ravens, they just didn't want to win. The wide receivers were all... That was the worst... That was the worst game from a group of wide receivers and skill position players that I have ever seen. Lamar did everything in his power to try to win this game, and I mean... If you look at the box score at the end, it's not pretty for Lamar. Uh, let's let's get this here. Uh, wasn't pretty for Lamar. He was 22 for 38 for only 236 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. That man had three drop touchdowns on the day. Three. Three drop touchdowns. Uh, honestly, could have been four, but I'm only saying three because two of them were literally back-to-back. One from Mark Andrews, and then the other one, Mark Andrews, right in his hands, uh, right in the end zone, brutal. The other one, I mean, Rashad Bateman literally off his, through his hands and then off his helmet, missed it. Uh, Nelson Aguilar streaked down the sidelines, perfect drop right in the basket catch, dropped it. Uh, and then Zay Flowers just tripped on air. That would have been another 50, 50 yard gain, no problem. Zay Flowers had like, Three easy drops in this game. Uh, No one wants to play receiver for Lamar, apparently. Uh, And so many people online were giving Lamar and in the media again so much shit on being like, oh, is Lamar living up to the contract? I hate that stuff because it just shows me that these talking heads online don't watch the game, don't actually see what's happening. If you watched any, I didn't even watch the full game. I was more focused on... The Dolphins kicking the shit out of the Giants, and honestly, I was watching the F1 race, too. Uh, Won't get into that, but for even just, like, the clips I saw of passing on, like, Red Zone, I saw so many drops to be like, oh my god, like, what the fuck is going on with the Ravens, and this should have been a blowout. The Ravens should have won this game easily. There shouldn't even, even been a chance for the Steelers to come back, but this is how the Steelers have been winning games. Uh, Yeah, I think... Everyone should be upset with themselves uh, in that Ravens receiver group. And I don't really know what else there is to say. Uh, That game was not Lamar's fault. AFC North Division, when it's Ravens and Steelers, throw out the record books because none of it matters. Uh, Really, any AFC North Divisional battle. Uh, Yeah, sloppy, sloppy game. Uh, We will keep moving on, though. To the next game, we have Panthers 24, Lions 42. Uh, Lions are a very, very good 
football team right now. I think they are my third best team in the a- or in the NFC right now, only behind the Niners and the Eagles. And they kicked the absolute shit out of the Panthers without their number one receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, and without Jameer Gibbs uh, out of the backfield. Now, Gibbs hasn't really been used, but he's still a playmaker for them. <coughs> uh, yeah, and they were literally just running anything that they wanted. Uh, we saw this play used in the Sunday night game too, but it was kind of... Uh, a reverse to a f- toss back to the quarterback who then found the streaking Sam Laporta down the sideline, or if it was in the Niners game, streaking uh, George Kittle. Just find the Iowa tight end down the sideline, essentially. Uh, so they had that trick play, and then there was a trick play where Jared Goff was lined up under the center with his legs spread wide apart in the center. Who's their center? Jonah Jackson? I think that sounds... I don't think it's Jonah Jackson. Frank Ragnow, that's their center. Frank Ragnow snaps it through his own leg, snaps it through Goff's legs, right to David Montgomery in the backfield. Uh, I don't think he ran for many yards, but still a fun play. Because, uh, yeah, the Lions were able to do whatever they wanted uh, without their skill guys, without their top guys really playing. Uh, Jameson Williams was back, had a couple drops. Uh, not a great game for him, but... Let's get him more in the mix. Josh Reynolds had a fantastic game with the absence of of Amon Ra. Uh, and my last note for the Lions, Sam Laporta has now has as many uh, career touchdowns as Kyle Pitts. Fun stat, fun stat. Uh, as for the Panthers, I think we're seeing more and more each week about what Bryce Young can be and could be. Uh Again, he had his miscues in this game, but other than that, he looked pretty solid. 25 for 41, 247 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. One of those interceptions to Aiden Hutchinson, just one-handed grab. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, very, very good player. I feel like I say that every week now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, big shout-out to Adam Thielen. I mean... I've said it the last couple weeks, but, oh, having Adam Thielen as your number one receiver in the year 2023, not great. And it's not great, but Adam Thielen's having a very good season, all things considered. He's got 38 catches for 394 yards on the year, three touchdowns. uh, And right now, he is the only weapon that wants to do anything for this Panthers team. Everyone else, it's drops. They're just not good. It's truly Bryce Young and Adam Thielen running this offense. Miles Sanders has been absolutely terrible. Chuba Hubbard's been fine, but again, like, it's not great. Uh, Yeah, I don't really know where you go from here, Panthers. Like, you don't have your first-round pick. You play the Dolphins this coming week. Uh, I guess just hope for more Bryce Young progression. And then, yeah, uh, more Bryce Young progression. Hopefully he gets better. And he has been better, and he has been solid, but not as solid as rookie C.J. Stroud and the, for the Texans. Uh, and we will move on to that game. Texans 19, Falcons 21. I guess let's just start off with the Falcons right now. Desmond Ritter, still undefeated at home for his career. 
I think that puts them at 34 and O now at home. And that's at home in the NFL and in college. Uh, and he had his best day as an NFL quarterback. Uh, it was 28 for 37, 329 yards, one passing touchdown. And they needed to rely on him, and they needed to rely on the passing game, which I know, what a shock. Because uh, the Texans actually did a very good job of shutting down the run game. Bijan Robinson, 14 carries, 46 yards, only 3.3 average. Tyler Algier got more carries than him. Shouldn't be happening. He had 17 carries for 40 yards, 2.4 average. Uh, Raiders' lone passing touchdown on the day was to Bijan, though, who had a nice one-handed grab, and we got that overhead shot again of him juking guys out. Uh, I think that's one of the best camera angles right now we have in the NFL. I absolutely love it. And Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts showed up. Uh, I mean, first time he's had a... First time he's had a good game since I think uh, Miami played him in London there that one time, and he put them in field goal position at the end of the game. But he had seven catches for 87 yards on the day. John U. Smith still getting himself involved, though. Six for 67. Uh, yeah, this Falcons offense, I mean, we all know it has the pieces. It's just Desmond Ritter needs to show that he can be a guy. I mean, I had a take coming into this week that I wasn't able to say, but if Desmond Ritter puts up another stinker sometime soon, I think I'm going to say it. Uh, but this Falcons defense has been very, very good unit so far for them to start the league or start the season so far. I think they're probably a top 10 defense right now in the league. Uh, they're fun. They got guys, I mean, Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell, Jesse Bates. Then uh, they bring in guys like Jeff Okuda and Calais Campbell uh, and David Onyemata, Bud Dupree. They got guys on this defense. That's for damn sure. And that defense showed up and shut down this Texans offense that has been very, very good to start the year. But let's talk about C.J. Stroud first. Uh, he now has 186 attempts. Attempts without an INT uh, to start his career. That is an NFL record, uh, a record that is still going. If he can get to 200 attempts, that would be very, very cool. And it's not like Stroud isn't pushing the ball down the field. He is pushing the ball down the field and at quite a good rate. Uh, yeah, the passing attack for the Texans has been going, has been humming. Uh, but it is the run game with Damian Pierce that hasn't been going yet. Again, again, the offensive line has been hurt, and they've had a lot of different combinations out there, but for this Texans offense to hit that next level, the run game has to be a major component for it. It hasn't so far. It hasn't, but this is a Texans team that will be a tough team to beat week in, week out. I don't think they are part of these bottom barrel teams that we've been talking about. I think, honestly, quickly, if we want to do, like, my bottom-of-the-barrel teams, what do my power rankings say? As always, if you want to see my power rankings, you can go to uh, at CoverZeroPod on Instagram or at my Twitter at Wellsy uh, underscore 97. So my bottom five teams in the NFL right now are... The Packers, the Patriots, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Giants. Those are 
the bottom of the barrel teams right now. I don't think the Packers really deserve to be in the group mixed in with those other four, but those other four are the worst teams in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, just wasn't the Texans game. Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn did his thing on the day. I think he had four field goals. He made them all. Uh, yeah, I guess we can just move on from this game. Next game up, we have the Titans against the Colts. Titans 16, Colts 23. Uh, let's let's talk about these Colts, though, uh, and we'll talk about Anthony Richardson. He is hurt again, left with a shoulder injury. I think he has an AC joint sprain. Uh, but it didn't matter. Gardner Minshew came in, did his thing, was 11 for 14 on the day for 155 yards. That's all you could ask for him. Uh because really, the big story of the day was this run game. And before we get to the run game, though, actually, no. Let's give Zach Moss his praise right now. Zach Moss absolutely carried this run game after the breaking news of Jonathan Taylor coming back and getting his new contract. Zach Moss had 23 rushes for 165 yards, 7.2 average with two touchdowns on the day. Uh, yeah. Zach Moss saw that Jonathan Taylor contract, and he's going to be like, oh, really? We really need Jonathan Taylor to make this much money? And I think that's a fair point. I think this was the first running back holdout that was ever successful in the history of the NFL. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's new contract, if we don't know, uh, he signed a three-year, $42 million deal, averages around $14 million a season, $26.5 guaranteed. Uh and yeah, I just said it. He is the first running back to ever successfully hold out and win. Uh, great for him. Great for him to get that money. But now if you're Jim Ursay, who before signing this contract, I think in August, basically said that Jonathan Taylor is expendable. I mean, didn't say it in those words, but basically said Jonathan Taylor is expendable. And now you make him a highly paid running back again compared to the rest of the league and what someone like Jonathan Taylor can contribute, not very highly paid, but for running backs, very good contract. And now you have a guy like Zach Moss who has just been tearing it up without Jonathan Taylor and Jonathan Taylor is going to come back and you would hope do the exact same thing, but now he's doing it at a pay of 14 million a season instead of whatever Zach Moss is making. Zach Moss is probably making like what? 1.5, 2 million this year. Uh, so just funny, just funny in general that this is this is what happened to the Colts. Uh, and yeah, I was big on seeing Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor get involved. I guess we won't see that now for another couple weeks. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this Titans team, though. Uh, the Titans just don't want to win at home apparently uh, they haven't been very good at on the road at all this year so far uh yeah wasn't a very good game was a very good game though from DeAndre Hopkins he had 8 carries for 140 or 8 catches sorry for 140 yards on the day Tannehill 23 for 34 for 264 no touchdowns one interception and again like the Falcons like the Titans like the Patriots used to be anyways. Uh, these are teams that want to run the ball and run the ball well efficiently. And when you have your guys, your quarterbacks passing more than 30 times in a game, 
usually doesn't go well for your game script. And the Colts did a very good job of containing the rush from the Titans. Derrick Henry, only 13 carries on the day for 43 yards. Uh, rookie Ty J Spears, though, seven carries for 34 yards on the day and a touchdown. Also had four catches for 35 yards. This is someone who will look to get more and more involved as the season go on goes on. I think that he is a good change of pace back for the Titans. I think he's a very good receiver out of the backfield. And I think they should find a way to utilize him more while still keeping Tractor Cito involved at the rate that he normally is. Uh, yeah, I don't have much, honestly, to say about the Titans in this game. Uh, be better. <laughs> um, who do they have next week? Titans have the Ravens in... Ooh, where's that game? Is that game in London? Where the fuck is this game, game being played? It's a 9.30 game. I have no idea where it's being played. I guess I guess we'll find out on Friday's show. Uh, let's keep moving, though. Next game up, Bengals-Cardinals. Bengals 34, Cardinals 20. Uh... Welcome to the 2023 season, Cincinnati Bengals. It is nice for you to finally join us. Uh, Joe Burrow finally looks back to himself again. Uh, his lingering calf injury is looks like it is now a thing of the past. He was 36 for 46 on the day. 317 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, and with those stats, Jamar Chase also had his best game of the season by far so far 15 catches 192 yards three touchdowns uh Bengals offense is back Bengals offense is back and clicking uh this is just kind of what we were all waiting for we knew that they were a sleeping giant and they did what they needed to do against the Cardinals uh which most teams should be able to do that against the Cardinals uh yeah the Bengals this is, yeah, this is literally what we've been waiting for. I think we can now say the Bengals are back to being one of the better teams in football. The defense has looked the part all season. It's been the offense that was the worst offense in the league through four weeks of the season. Week five, though, changes that script completely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Welcome. It's welcome to the party, Bengals. Happy you can show up. Uh Let's. I mean, they're still last currently in the AFC North. I'm sure that that will shake itself up soon. But they got some work to do. They got some work to do. This was a big win for them, but uh, it is now an uphill battle for them to uh, make the playoffs. Because it's still, it's a very tough AFC out there. Let's not forget that. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals on the other side of it. I mean... We've been giving them their praise through the first uh, four weeks of the season, and they do deserve praise. However, the Cardinals now are 1-4 on the season. I think they're going to play hard, and they're going to play good, tough football. Jonathan Gannon has proved that he knows what he's doing on the defensive side. The offense also looks like it looks pretty good, but... They just don't have enough talent on the roster to compete with NFL teams week in and week out. I think that they're still they're they're one of the worst teams in football. I think that they're probably still a bottom. I mean, I literally have them as like a bottom eight team in the NFL. I could probably put them lower, but 
that's for next week to decide. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've been giving them their flowers to start the season. It's, oh, they're not terrible. They're not as bad as we all thought. Uh, they're not. They're not as bad as we all thought, but they're still a bad football team. Uh, and do I think things change when Kyler gets back, if Kyler gets back? Uh, I think I do, and I think that they might not be bad enough to get Caleb Williams. Long, long season left, but uh, yeah, the Cardinals, they play tough, they play hard, but not a good football team. Uh, oh, also with the Cardinals, uh, the running back, James Conner is out for... I don't even know how long he's out for. I don't even know what the injury was, if I'm being honest. Uh, I tried to look it up, and it seemed like no one on Twitter cared about it as well. As well. Uh, he has a knee injury. Multi-week absence expected. Uh, and they're running back that took over Amari DeMarcado. He looked good in as his replacement. But, uh, yeah, we can move on from this Cardinals-Bengals game. Happy that the Bengals finally showed up, and we will move on to Eagles-Rams. Eagles 23, Rams 14. Uh, yeah, like the Eagles... The Eagles are good. I don't know... It's just, it's not... The Eagles are very good. It's just not as impressive as it was last season. And I think that we've all seen them make more mistakes and not be as flashy as they were on offense. But, like, they were still rolling in this game. I mean, A.J. Brown had 127 yards on the game. Dallas Goddard had 117 and a touchdown. Uh, DeAndre Swift still had 70 yards on the ground. Hertz had 72 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, but I don't know. It's just, it's not... It's not as good as it was last year. I I don't know how to really explain it, but these Eagles this year don't scare me as much as those Eagles last year. Uh, sounds really stupid when you explain it like that, but that's just kind of my gut feeling right now. And the Eagles are still obviously, I have them as a top three team in the NFL right now, but uh, they've played in a lot of close games that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have had to be in last year. Uh, but yeah, Eagles, very good. Very, very good. The defense also still did its thing. Jalen Carter, two sacks on the day. What does that put him at for the season now? Jalen Carter now has three and a half sacks on the season. So that was a big week for him, actually. Uh, that man is a force. That defensive front seven is a force, but we knew this. Uh, let's talk about the Rams, though. Uh, Cooper Cump made his triumphant return. I think they targeted him six times on that opening drive, and I think he caught six balls. Uh, the tandem of Cup and Nakua looked like a very good tandem going forward. Uh, Cup on the day finished eight catches, 118 yards. Puka had seven catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, but other than that, the offense kind of sputtered and couldn't do a ton. Uh, they couldn't really... It's, sustain any long drives uh yeah i think it's just kind of as simple as that they had to punt a decent amount of time in this game how many turnovers did they have in this game i don't know if they had any turnovers in this game uh 
yeah, they just couldn't really move the ball very well against this Eagles front seven, and the Eagles front seven was good enough to limit the uh, their holes that they have currently in their secondary. Uh, I do. I have to shout out this uh, this Rams defense, though. It's been pretty damn good. Uh, I think apart from... I think they've had one bad week, the Rams. But, like, 23 to the Eagles is pretty good. Uh, they gave up 23 to the Rams, or to the Colts, and then 19 to the Bengals, only 30 to the Niners. That's not bad. Uh, they've been playing hard, and for a defense that a lot, like, me included was criticizing at the start of the year. They've been playing well, and these young players have been really playing well. Obviously, Aaron Donald is still the guy on that team, but uh, who is it? It's it's Byron Young that's, that's the rookie right now who's fucking killing it. Uh, he's not even showing up on the stat sheet, though. Either way. They got some young guys on this team that are really stepping up, and sometimes that's all it takes. It takes for guys to be like, this is your opportunity to start in the NFL. Make it count. All of these guys are absolutely making it count, making sure that they are protecting their futures and the future of their family by playing so hard, potentially getting contracts on other teams next year once the Rams start to upgrade this defensive unit. Uh, Yeah, Rams are playing hard. I don't think the Rams are... A good team, but Rams Rams are a solid team. Uh, next game up, Chiefs-Vikings. Chiefs 27, Vikings 20. No Taylor Swift in attendance for this game. Uh, however, the Swifties ha- have now joined the movement in the ban of artificial turf. Uh, and I think that is exactly what we need to push Roger Goodell over the edge. Uh Players in London were complaining about the surface in Tottenham Stadium, and apparently all soccer teams play on grass, but Tottenham didn't want the NFL playing on their field, so they brought in turf. Absolutely brutal that that's even allowed to happen. Uh, Yeah, Travis Kelsey, and the big reason why they want turf banned was Travis Kelsey twisted his ankle a little bit. He came back, caught a touchdown. He's all good, but... Uh, yeah, this be having the Swifties on our side to potentially get turf out of the league is huge news. It needs to be gone. I mean, I know that they keep saying, oh, we need to look into the science and the data to see what the findings are. And it's like, we know what the findings are. We know that more people, more players get injured on turf far more than they do on grass. The players like grass more. If... If they can do it in the soccer leagues over in Europe, I don't know why the NFL, who makes billions and billions of dollars, can't make sure that every team has a good grass field to play on. Uh, doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, other Chiefs-related things in the game, not really much to talk about. They just kind of did their thing. Uh, I was predicting a three-headed monster game. Did not happen. Uh, Pacheco, 16 carries, touchdown, 55 yards. Jarek McKinnon only had one rush. Uh, Clyde edwards Elaire had three rushes on the game. So didn't really happen. Didn't really happen. Uh, other than that, for the uh, Chiefs, 
Justin Ross finally got involved. He had two catches for 28 yards. I think on the day he had, he ran six routes, had four targets, uh, two catches, and then two drops where he body caught and then some guy hit him and then the ball came loose and he didn't catch it. But good to see Justin Ross getting involved because someone needs to get involved that's not named Travis Kelsey for this offense to really start taking another level. Rishi Rice, uh, the rookie, had four catches for 33 yards on the day and a touchdown. I'd like to see Rishi Rice, Justin Ross, and Travis Kelsey all on the field at the same time. I think that's doable. I think that Andy Reid, by the end of the season, they have a bunch of guys who are pretty good and are being used, but I think he just needs to find what guys fit in what situations, and he will have that sorted out by the... uh, by the December stretch there of football. And one of these receivers will break out. I don't know who yet, but one of them will solidify themselves as being the number one guy other than Travis Kelsey. Uh, Let's talk about the Vikings. Uh, Justin Jefferson, short-term IR. And with that, what's, what's left for the Vikings for this season? If I'm the Vikings, if I am the GM... I start to blow up this team. You keep the young core. You keep the young core. Obviously, you keep Jefferson. You you keep Jordan Addison, uh, Hawkinson. The O-line is developing and pretty good. You keep that core group together on offense. Kirk? Kirk should be gone. I don't know who's going to trade for Kirk, especially because it seems like the Jets, who should be the guys targeting Kirk, uh... They've had back-to-back decent performances from Zach Wilson, so that might keep them away. But I think the main thing with Kirk is he does have a no-trade clause, and if you have a no-trade clause, why would you willingly uproot your family during the middle of the season, middle of the school year? Uh, He wants to retire a Viking. I don't think he's willingly going to leave unless whoever signs him gives him a new deal immediately. Uh... But for other guys, though, uh, veteran safety Harrison Smith, I'm sure another guy who wants to retire as a Viking. He's been there his whole career. But if he wants to try to ring chase, uh, trade him away, a guy like Daniil Hunter out on the edge, uh, you could definitely get a second-round pick, maybe a first-round pick for him. He needs a new deal relatively soon. Actually, he got a new weird contract, but... They got guys on defense. Sell sell your pieces on defense. Tell Brian Flores you can pick whoever you want next draft. Uh, but this is not the year. And this is a year where, I mean, the Vikings are 1-4 right now. I don't think they're one of the worst teams in football. But play your cards right. You might be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes by the end of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say for the Vikings. It's... Not their year. They used up all of their luck last season uh, to only lose in a playoff game to the Giants, who are a worse team than they are right now. Uh, Yeah, yeah, the Vikings, not your year. Not your year whatsoever. Hopefully Justin Jefferson heals up, gets better. I guess this will be the time to see what rookie Jordan Addison can do whether or not he takes over that number one role or if it'll be the vet K.J. Osborne, who has been their number two wide receiver for most of the season so far. Uh, Yeah, Uh, 
Next game up, we have the Jets and Broncos. Jets 31, Broncos 21. Uh, It was the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game before the game. Uh, He was named a team captain after the game. He was given the game ball. And if you don't remember, why are the Jets doing all this for Nathaniel Hackett? It's because Sean Payton came out in the offseason and said that is one of the worst coaching performances in the history of the NFL. And since then, all Sean Payton has been fed is a nice slice of humble pie basically every week so far this season, because fuck the Broncos are bad, and we'll talk about them in a bit. Uh, Good for Hackett for getting some revenge there. Uh, Salah and Payton, when they do like the coach's handshake in, in, uh, in the middle of the field after the game, he told Payton to stay humble. Absolutely love that. Uh, Let's talk about this Jets offense on the week though. Uh, Zach Wilson had another, uh, Pretty good, pretty good game. Nothing nothing particularly special. He was 19 for 26 for 199 yards, one interception. Uh, also added 26 yards rushing for them. But the big story of the day, Brees Hall finally getting involved, getting those touches that he deserves. Uh, 22 rushes for 177 yards, uh, one touchdown. I mean, he is the reason why they won this game. Uh, that and the Jets' defense is still very good. Um, yeah, Brees Hall was an absolute monster. Defense did its thing. They uh, forced that fumble out on Russell Wilson to uh, seal the game. Who got that? Oh, it was Jermaine Johnson with the forced fumble on Russ to end the game. Um... Yeah, and I mean, we talked about the Kirk situation with the Jets and how, oh, if you're the Jets, if you, if the Jets were to trade for Kirk Cousins, uh, this Jets team would be a playoff team, no doubt in my mind. Uh, Zach Wilson is just, I mean, he's played okay. He's, he played pretty good last week. Uh, he played okay this week, which an okay game for Zach Wilson is better than 90% of the games he's played in his career so far. Uh, but he's not going to be the one to take you. He's not going to be the one to lead you to the playoffs. He's not even going to be the one to lead you to an above 500 record. Uh, Mike Greenberg won on whatever fucking show he's on, or Mike Greenberg Jr., or whoever the hell he is, but uh, went on his show, and the question was, oh, which AFC team is the... Uh, is the cont- oh my god I don't even know what the question was <laughs> give me a second uh, what AFC team is most likely to knock off the Chiefs as like the contender out of the AFC team uh, everyone said the Dolphins and then Mike Greenberg at the very end was like the Jets the Jets are going to be the team that's going to dethrone the uh, Chiefs moronic uh, the Chiefs they've literally played the Chiefs last week I mean they only won by three. The Chiefs could have won by 10, and they could have won by a lot more if Pat Mahomes didn't have one of the worst games of his career. Um, yeah, I mean, like, good on the Jets. The roster is solid. Uh, they lost Elijah Vera Tucker for the season, unfortunately, so that offensive line is only getting more and more banged up. Uh, let's talk about this Broncos team, though. Uh, Russell Wilson isn't bad. I think that we have seen positive steps for Russ and 
after what we saw last year with him, holy shit, Russ was one of the worst QBs in the NFL last year. Now he's back to league average, which I think that's all you could ask for if you're the Broncos. I mean, obviously you're paying him $40 million whatever each season. You'd hope he'd be a little better than league average, but from where he was last year to where he is now, it's light years better. Just take it. Take it. Uh, they're also looking to trade people. I think Cortland Sutton is probably a good potential uh, target. I think they want to keep Judy. Judy might have a little bit more value, so I think we'll see. I think they want to get Marvin Mims more involved on the offense to see what they have there. Uh, But this defense, this defense last year, I mean, I was telling stats last year where, oh, if the Broncos offense only scored 15 points a game, they would be like 10 and 7 on the year. Uh and it's like, oh, if the Broncos offense last season scored like 21 points a game, they'd be 13 and 4. That's how good the Broncos defense was last year. And right now it is one of the worst defenses in the NFL by a wide margin. Uh, I have a stat, stat here from uh, Sam Monson over at PFF. Uh, rushing yards given up by the 2000 Ravens. Uh, so the 2000 Ravens, if you don't know, had one of the best defenses all-time, very historic defense, but for the entire season, they gave up 970 rushing yards. Uh, the rushing yards given up by the 2023 Broncos as of Week 5, 938. They have 938 rushing yards given up through five weeks of the season. Meanwhile, the historic 2000 Ravens only gave up 970 the entire season. Broncos suck. I don't even know what it is on defense. I think they're going to have a fire sale basically on everything. I think they do. They need to rip this roster down to the studs. Uh, find out what's working. Find out what isn't. But uh, yeah, the Broncos defense is horrendous right now. And I don't think there's anything really else to say other than that. They're just flat out not a good team. Um, I'm shocked that the defense went from like the best in the NFL last year to the worst, but the NFL's wild, man. It just takes takes one year, and things change just like that. I mean, we saw the Jags with Blake Bortles go on a Super Bowl run, and then they became the worst team in the NFL for the next five years again. Uh, yeah, I guess we can move on, though. Uh, next game up, Sunday Night Football. Cow- <coughs> Sorry. Cowboys 10, 49ers 42 was an absolute shit kicking. Uh, I told you guys last week that I was going to take the Niners minus 10, Niners minus 10 easy. Uh, And it was easy. It was extremely easy. I could have taken Niners minus 25 and they would have covered that. Um, The 49ers are truly in a class of their own uh, in the NFL right now. I mean... They've looked absolutely unstoppable on offense. Their defense looks unbeatable. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, let's just look at kind of what they've been doing in this box score here. Uh, Start off with George Kittle. George Kittle had three touchdowns on the day. Uh, He had three catches on the day. Three catches for three touchdowns, 67 yards. Uh, That man is a monster. I mean, they don't use him... He, he, he could be a weapon every down for them, and they choose not to because they have so many other weapons in. He is fine to get his hands dirty and block. Uh, he gave Micah Parsons fits on Sunday, too, uh, but he was great. 
CMC had a toned down game, still had his touchdown though. Uh, Ayuk 58 yards, Samuel 58, 55 yards. Brock Purdy on the night, 17 for 24, 252 yards, four touchdowns. He had some absolute dots. The defense, Fred Warner is the best linebacker in football by a wide margin. Probably the best linebacker in football since a man named Luke Keekley who played for the Panthers back in the day. I just, I, I don't, there's no bad to talk about the Niners. Everything is working. Everything is working amazingly for them right now. And people want to try to knock Brock Purdy for, oh, well, if he wasn't in that situation, he'd be bad. Well, it's like, great, he is in that situation. So any other hypothetical you throw out doesn't matter because he is the Niners quarterback and he does look that good. And he is running this system at a higher level than Jimmy G ever could. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Niners are just really fucking good. The Niners are incredible. They'll face a tough defense in the Browns next week. I mean, they were supposed to play, play a tough defense this week and got absolutely killed. And I guess let's just get over to the Cowboys because I don't know what else I can say about the Niners. The Niners are good literally everywhere on the field. They don't have a weak spot anywhere. Yeah, I <laughs> that's all I have to say. Um... A fucking Cowboys, though, man. Uh, where do I want to start? Do we want to start doing victory laps of Mike McCarthy not knowing what he's doing, being an offensive play caller? Uh, maybe Dak Prescott also looked terrible. What did he have? I think he had three interceptions on the day. Yeah, it was 14 for 24 for 153 yards and three interceptions. Uh, the run game couldn't do anything. Uh just an overall fraudulent, fraudulent team. Uh, they've beaten up on the Jets, the Giants, and the Patriots, and they have now lost to the Cardinals and the Niners very, very badly. Um, I've been saying it for four straight weeks. I'm not a fan of this Cowboys offense. I don't think that they are very good, and the first tough defense that they did face, holy shit, they got clowned. And they got clowned badly. Uh, they kept trying to run outside runs with Tony Pollard. And I mean, there's sometimes you just got to run it up the middle and just kind of take those body punches instead of trying to go for the home run every single time. Uh, people are complaining, oh, Dak has no one to throw to. They don't get open. Uh, C.D. Lamb has is averaging 2.13 yards of target separation. Uh, to put that in context, George Pickens is averaging 1.53 yards, A.J. Brown 1.56, Puka Nakua 1.87. Uh, and Lamb has, he's averaging more yards of separation and he has less targets than all of them. Uh, he has 35 targets on the year so far. It's not hard to just get your number one receiver the ball. Like just force feed him the ball and I don't know, they refuse to do so. Uh, newly acquired Brandon Cooks from the offseason. He only has 76 yards so far on the year, I believe. Someone who should be stretching the field, making deep plays for you, and he's useless. He's essentially useless. Someone who people are like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's not that good anymore. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons with the Texans when the Texans' QBs were Davis Mills. And 
I don't even know who it was before Davis Mills, but not, I guess it probably would have been Deshaun Watson. Uh, either way, that doesn't matter. Brandon Cooks, good receiver, should be out there more, should be should be getting more playing time. I, I don't know what to say about this Cowboys offense, except they have so many good pieces, and that even includes someone like Dak, who I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback, but... He's Kirk Cousins. He's solid. He's fine. And with the talent around him, it should be way better. And they've they haven't been a top 15 offense so far this year. It's been sad. Uh CD Lamb is extremely pissed off. He doesn't really know. He just kind of kept saying, "I don't know. I don't I don't get it either. Not my like problem." And then with the defense with Micah Parsons uh on the other side, after the game, he was basically, like, he got asked about, like, oh, why is the run defense so bad? And he's like, well, you know, that's not really my priority. My my priority is to set the edge. That's my job. I don't really know what's happening on the inside. You think TJ Watt would say something like that, where it's like, oh, TJ Watt, oh, well, I only set the edge, so I don't really know what's happening in the middle for the run defense. No. Like, like Micah Parsons should be... Someone who is more than purely just a pass rusher on the edge. I think we all expect him to be more. I think Dan Quinn said uh, in one of his pressers that with all of the linebacker injuries that they've had, uh, Leighton Vander Esch also with a neck injury might be put on IR for the year. A man who's dealt with a bunch of neck injuries, hopefully wishing all the best for him. But uh, Dan Quinn said that they might be using someone like Mike, Micah Parsons more as an off-ball linebacker, again, as they kind of did for his first uh, two seasons in the league now, which, probably not a bad idea, because having him, again, he's a great pass rusher. Can he do anything else for you? Is he a good run defender? No. Uh, should he be better? Yeah. I think if he wants to, he could be one of the best run defenders in the league, but he is just solely focused on sacking the quarterback, and that's fine, but when you are a truly generational defensive player, you should be asked more to do more than just rush the passer. Maybe defend the run just a little bit. Uh, also came out, because every player has to have a podcast now. Uh, it's always for their brand, but George Kittle, after scoring as one of their touchdowns, raises his jersey to show that he has a fuck Dallas t-shirt. Uh, and Micah Parsons was not was not happy with that. And he's like, oh, you know, well, they better watch out, because... We're going to be, because we're very similar teams, and they're not going to get the better of us next time. You just got whooped by 32 points, and you guys are a very good team, and they kicked your ass in every single facet of the football game, and you have the balls to sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, we're still pretty evenly matched, and we'll get them next time. It's like, now you got your ass kicked. George Kittle can do whatever the fuck he wants. Fuck Dallas. I mean... Yeah, Dal ass more like more uh, more than like it. Oh my god, what am I even trying to say? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Either way, Cowboys very very good roster. They're obviously missing Trayvon Diggs a lot. Gilly can't lock down everyone by himself. I don't even know Jordan Lewis, who I think also got banged up in this game too. Ah, uh, it's just not pretty for the Cowboys, and I think. The Cowboys have another... Oh, they play the Chargers on Monday Night Football. So that should be a big... Hopefully a big bounce-back game for the defense. Because uh, that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to whether... 
the Dallas defense can stop the Cowboys or the Dallas defense can stop the Chargers offense because Chargers defense and Cowboys offense are two very smelly units. So that's just going to be chaotic. Uh, yeah, I guess that'll end it. Uh, hopefully my voice sounds good. I've been going for, what is it now? An hour and 23 minutes now. And I've been using my gaming headset because my lovely, uh, I think it's called a snowball mic. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think it's working anymore because I've been noticing every time I've been posting, my audio quality hasn't been as good. So hopefully it's better now. Uh, Yeah, this has been a good group of games. I think we are finally seeing teams separating themselves of who's going to be serious playoff contenders, who's fading away into the abyss, and we'll see in 2024. Uh, it's been a good year. It's been a good year, and I'm not just saying that because the Patriots are at the lowest they've ever been in my lifetime, and the Dolphins are at the absolute highest they've ever been in my lifetime, but it's been a good year of NFL football. We have a lot left. Uh, tune into Friday's show for the Week 6 preview and pick them with Cam. You can get more Niners talk going there, too, because I'm sure that he will have a lot to say about how good the Niners have been. But as always, if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.